Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome back to another Boba Fett breakdown. So tonight's episode was by far my least favorite. It was slow with some scenes of epicness of course, but even those with Black Kersantan was just too short and honestly not true to his character in my opinion. He would have broken Boba's back as well as ripped the heads off of the Gamorreans and the Power Ranger biker gang. There's a ton to discuss here, let's get to it. I'm very hopeful for episode 4, 5, 6, and 7. I think this episode was really just leading the way in building up the story, and now we're finally ready to go to war. However, I do wish that the episodes would be a little bit longer, and I wish we got maybe 10 episodes in this season, because we're kind of just feeling a little bit crammed and rushed now at this point. So first we see the mechanical spider carrying a brain in red liquid. This is from the trailer that we saw, and this of course is a Bomar monk. If you didn't see my video on it, I'll reiterate here. We saw them in the Return of the Jedi. These were monks that sought enlightenment so much that they figured leaving their body and resorting to just having a brain would allow this to be more possible. They were literally so smart and so enlightened they figured, well, they don't need their bodies anymore. They were a very interesting order, and the older the monk, the less legs the spider bot had. These monks knew how to regenerate as well, and they possessed many secrets of regeneration as well as other secrets. Jabba locked them up beneath his palace, so now that we see them roaming around, perhaps Boba has freed them, and maybe even he'll learn a thing or two from them going forwards. We first learn that under the rule of Bib Fortuna, he was too weak compared to Jabba. So he teamed up with the others and divided Mos Espa into different leaders. The Trandoshans controlled the city center, the Aquilish took the workers district, and the Clatoonians took the starport and upper sprawl. While the division wasn't under the full control of Bib like it was for Jabba, each section's ruler gave tribute to the mayor Mok Shaiz. Now Trandoshans of course, just like Bosk, hated Wookiees and they controlled the city center. Now the Aqualish are kind of interesting because, well first of all, we see them at the Bunta Eve pod race. Second of all, a few of them aligned themselves with Count Dooku because they didn't feel the Republic was really in line with their political values. Now Clatoonians mostly worked as bounty hunters and you know hired henchmen, however I can make a video on each if you so wish. In fact, I think I've made a video on Trandoshans already. But anyways, because Bib Fortuna wasn't as strong and powerful as Jabba, he had to make amends with these other crime lords and give them a share of the land. And together, they essentially made somewhat of the same authority as Jabba did. Not quite, but it was working and it allowed Bib Fortuna to hold the throne. Boba is visited by a townsman who informs him a band of thugs are stealing his inventory, which is water. So Boba goes out to apprehend the thugs and finds a bunch of teenagers in a street gang with colorful and shiny speeders. The gang are cyborgs, they're humans that are just enhanced with cybernetics. So for me basically this scene right here felt like it was from cyberpunk and I think it was just unfitting to the sands of Tatooine. It could fit into Star Wars if it was on Coruscant, I think this would definitely make sense, but it just didn't fit here. I think if the gang looked like they just walked off the set of Mad Max, then I could definitely be down with this and I could buy it, but in my opinion it was just kind of silly, it was childish, and it didn't really fit on Tatooine. It was sort of Mickey Moused. Now I could see these guys on Coruscant as I said, but not here. They're too clean and hip looking. It could be an easter egg for American Graffiti, George Lucas's movie before A New Hope, as the cars were bright colored there too, but either way I just don't think it fits in with the show, and it kinda just took me out of the scene. 
So anyways, they tell Boba that they have no jobs, despite this being the worker's district. So he offers them a job to work with him. The same shopkeeper who got robbed comes out whining and Boba pays him 500 bucks instead of the 1300 that he wanted to bugger off. He doesn't seem happy and might be vengeful later, but we'll see. He's the least of Boba's problems. At this point, I see what Boba is doing. He's recruiting. He's building an army. That said, I'm tired of him being so nice. I want to see the badass Boba that we've all seen in the comics, that we fantasized for decades. He needs to stop being such a yes man and be a little bit more callous. Again, I totally understand that he's building an army like a godfather, but I just want to see Gunsling and Boba for a little bit. We get Boba in his Bacta and we see another flashback of Kamino where Jango Fett, Boba Fett's father, is taking off in the Slave One. This is during Attack of the Clones. We see young Boba running to the window and his face reflected like in the last episode, only to be replaced with his face today. I think he's still haunted by the death of his father and perhaps holds resentment and doesn't have any closure to the one that took him too soon, which was Mace Windu. I don't want to see Mace Windu show up while it would be cool, and of course, you know, my Vader fan film revolves around Mace surviving. I don't want to see it in canon because I feel like it would ruin the original trilogy. I'd just be wondering the whole time why he wasn't on the front lines with Luke to kill Vader and Palpatine, or yeah, at least even earlier than Luke. So in the flashback, Boba leaves the Tuscan village on a bantha to seek the pikes. When Boba rides to the city, we see him take down his hood and ask the Jawas where the pikes are. As he gets his answer, he also sees that the Jawas are piercing the helmets of stormtroopers with spears. This tells us the time here is now at the end of Return of the Jedi as the Empire has fallen and this brings us in to the same scene in The Mandalorian Season 1 where Din walks through Tatooine and he sees these same helmets. Now of course the events of The Mandalorian are five years after what we see right now but we know that this time here is when the Return of the Jedi just finished, Luke has defeated the Emperor with the help of Anakin Skywalker, and balance has been restored. As he crosses the town, we see Pelimato walk by with the pit droids. Now she was in The Mandalorian Season 1, so it's connecting how we eventually see the boots of Boba Fett save Fennec Shand in The Mandalorian. These flashbacks will tell the backstory while explaining the current story. Boba speaks with the Pike and is informed the Nikto Sandriders gang have claimed their tax from the Pikes and offered safety in return. The same safety Boba Fett offered the Pikes. The Pike Syndicate want to have safe travels, but they don't want to be taken advantage of. So Boba needs to get rid of the Nikto gang first so his Tuscan friends get their right of pay as they have been the true natives of the land. Boba returns to the village and we get a very sad scene. He sees that it is in smoke and ashes and the Tuscans have been slain by the Nikta Sand Riders, giving some flashbacks of Anakin and his raid on the Sand People in Attack of the Clones. Boba walks through and sees them all dead, including the leader, except for one. The warrior female is nowhere to be seen. So this is cool. I think that she will survive and she will show up later to join Boba in his time of need. Boba burns the bodies just like Qui-Gon's body was burned and Vader's body, and we see he's shedding a tear, his eyes are starting to water. So obviously he really took to this tribe, 
and I think this is really going to hit him hard. They get somewhat of a burial and Boba is ready for war with the Nikta. And I'm enjoying the two timelines that we're getting. You know, this is definitely fun. Twice the timelines, double the action, double the story. Boba is awakened by Black Kersantan in his chambers, throwing him out of his Bacta and beating the crap out of him. Kersantan squeezes Boba and I feel like this should have broken Boba's back, requiring him to go into the Bacta, which then could have been the very first time that we get all of these flashbacks of the Tuscans and his story with them and whatnot, everything we've seen already. I feel like this episode could have been the reason why he needs the Bacta for so long. Maybe this could have been episode one, and now we'd start with the dream sequences of his past. But of course, what we got is cool too. However, I just thought of a little difference there that they could have done. But I'm good with this because we get two different stories at the same time. The street gang show up and Black Chrysanthemum dummies them, fighting the two Gamorrean guards and making them too look like nothing. Now personally, I think they messed up this scene because Black Chrysanthemum would have literally killed the entire street gang of spy kids in a couple hits, literally ripped their cybernetic implants off their bodies and I would have liked to have seen him ragdoll the Gamorreans a little more, not just, you know, shove one and bite one. Now him hitting both. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But in the face with his charged up brass knuckles would have knocked Boba out completely. Especially considering that he just wasn't in any armor at all. And Boba doesn't have any enhancements like Black Chrysanthemum has. And if you think this is the last we see of him, it's definitely not. I think we're going to see tons more of Black Chrysanthemum. And I got a lot more videos coming for you on this guy because there is so much lore. Anyways, Chrysanthemum falls through the Rancor's trap that Fennec opens for him and we see Boba roll in with his robe. This was probably the just my least favorite part of this whole show because I thought this was ridiculous. Boba would have been suited up, ready to go, not coming out in his robe to ask if things are okay, looking like he's going to do some damage in his loincloth. I really wasn't a fan of that. I think the real Boba would have just suited up and been ready for war. Boba and Fennec eat and she tells him that he's the head of a family. So the thing here that I think the showrunners are trying to convey is that Boba is like a godfather. So when did we ever see the godfather really do any dirty work? No, he had his people do it for him. And that's fine, I get it. Boba is the head of a family now. But also, Boba Fett isn't a godfather yet. He's still Boba Fett. And we can't forget that. We need to see him absolutely badass, just like he was in Mando Season 2, just like he was in the comics and Legends. And I know he will go insane on the show, at least I hope. I just don't see them not utilizing him. But for now, it's getting a bit lame with how he's just so quiet and friendly and, you know, just kind of a yes man. Anyways, while they're eating, the twins show up and they gift Boba a freaking Rancor. I think this will be what he rides into town with, just like how the huts are carried. The twins tell Boba they don't want Tatooine. So now listen closely, because I, th I think I understand this scene, or at least I have a few theories on it, and you can let me know what you think too. So they say another crime syndicate has laid claim to it. They don't say who, but I think it's Crimson Dawn. And I know a lot of you are probably going to say it's the Pikes, but just listen. Darth Maul's crime syndicate is Crimson Dawn. Maul is long dead now at the hands of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Tatooine that we saw in Rebels. 
However, I think Crimson Dawn is behind the pikes, and I think Crimson Dawn is very much alive at the hands of Kira. This means Han Solo connections could happen, since they were lovers before Leia. If we see Luke, Leia, and Han, I'm going to freak out. It's a long shot, I know, but I really hope we do see it. The Hutt's apologizing to Boba is also super weird for me and a bit too fast of a turnaround. However, I've sort of theorized on that too. I feel like they're just playing the game. They're pretending like they don't care for Tatooine. If they never truly did, they wouldn't have shown up and they wouldn't have been there and sent Kersantin to kill Boba. I think they're going to let Boba fight Crimson Dawn and then the Hutt's will fight the winner or maybe buy them out and take Tatooine for themselves. They're playing it smart. Either that or they rather have Boba as an ally than an enemy after he proved his worthiness of surviving Kersantin. Which in reality he didn't, he was saved and then Kersantin fell into the Rancor trap. Now the twins say they're gonna go back to Nalhada. This of course was a planet that we saw in the Clone Wars when Zero was brought there by Cad Bane and tried by the Grand Hut Council. Obi-Wan and Quinlan Vos also traveled to this planet to try and capture him, however he had already escaped with Sai Snoodles. And as for Danny Trejo talking about the Night Sisters of Dathomir, these of course are the witches that we saw in the Clone Wars, and such as the ruler being Mother Talzin, Darth Maul's mother. Now the Night Sisters are all but extinct except for one that we saw in Jedi Fallen Order with Cal Kestis, and this of course is Marin. Now as to where she could be, I don't know, I guess we'll have to find out in Jedi Fallen Order 2, which I'm really looking forward to. But if we do see her, well, hey, that'd be pretty awesome because she was a cool character. But the fact that these two names are mentioned from the Clone Wars and of course Legends, the Night Sisters and Nalhutta means that we could be seeing many more worlds and many more characters come into canon or come back to canon, I should say, in the Book of Boba Fett and other shows. Danny Trejo takes the Rancor gifted to Boba to the Rancor pit, which is really cool, and tells Boba that Rancors are extremely loyal to their master and that they imprint on the first person they see. This brings clairvoyance to the reason as to why the Rancor Keeper in Return of the Jedi was so sad when his Rancor was killed by Luke. So Rancors are kind of like dogs, you know, they're our best friends. Boba tells him that he wants to learn to ride it and that he's ridden a beast 10 times the size. This is a reference to the holiday special where Boba rode a mythosaur. Now I also want to add here while I'm recording the breakdown that the twins told Boba that he should leave Tatooine as well. So if they're afraid, then I feel like Boba really has something to worry about too. Now who could be the muscle behind Crimson Dawn or behind the pikes? I think it is Cad Bane. So anyways, the droid pops in and tells him that the mayor won't see them for 20 days, so Boba and Fennec saddle up and barge in. The Majordomo assistant locks the door on them and makes a run for it. This scene was pretty lame for me, I hope some of you enjoyed it, but the pursuit felt like it was going 5 miles per hour and the whole time I don't get why Boba didn't just fly overhead, target the guy and shoot him down, or just fly to him and sit next to him in his seat. There were two parts of the scene that I liked, and it was the concept art photo that one of the Power Ranger guys broke into. This showed Boba, Jabba, Salacious B. Crumb, Bib Fortuna, and his Twi'lek, as well as Max Rebo and his band, and a silver protocol droid and a few other people. The other funny part was when the assistant crashes into the Myluruns, which was a huge reference and easter egg to Back to the Future when Biff crashes into Manure, and also an easter egg to Rebels with the Myluruns. 
The Major Domo tells Boba the mayor is working with the Pikes. And now we see things are coming full circle with the Pikes for Boba. We see dozens of them come out of their ship. Boba is informed and him and Fennec say that they'll be ready for war with the Pikes who you may suspect are the ones who lay claim to the throne as well. As I've mentioned, I think backing them is the one who we need to be thinking about, and that's Crimson Dawn and Cad Bane with them. The Pikes are the face, but the real leaders, the real brains of this operation is Crimson Dawn in my opinion, and their main muscle, I think, will be Cad Bane. Overall, the episode built a ton for the rest of the show. The next four episodes hopefully will be bangers. However, I'm getting really antsy and a little impatient as there's just, you know, a few left now until it's all over. I think things were amazing in episode two, and episode one should have been episode zero, perhaps as a gift to fans a week or two ahead of the premiere. The episode had a lot of issues, which I feel I explained, and I hate to nitpick, I want to be excited, but I gotta be real, you know, a lot of it just felt weird. Mainly Boba not flying over to stop the assistant of the mayor and letting his biker gang or mopeds do it at such slow speeds. I get that he wants everyone else to do the dirty work, but you know, I want to see Boba handle some stuff, and you know, I hope he will. I think he will. Anyways, I'm hoping for some badassery coming for the rest of the season. It's time to finally see Boba kick some ass. Let me know what you thought about this episode, and I will see you all in the next video on Star Wars Theory. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you. Always.